What happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Friday, January 8th, 2016, and joining me to talk about the Consumer Electronics Show is the man, the myth, the legend, Dylan Lewis. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. It is so nice to be back. I mean, we haven't I done forgot what you all look like. I was like, ah, geez. Well, the other industry focus shows, I think, still happen for yeah. the most part during the holiday season, but because we're on Friday Game with over. tech. Game over, yeah. Because uh, we... even the Tuesday before uh, Christmas, I was I did it with Vince, yeah. the cons- uh, Consumer Goods Show, so but yeah. We got hit with New Year's Day and... Christmas Day, I think, yeah. for the holidays. So, to yeah. our loyal listeners, we missed you. We hope you missed us. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to be back. I'll say I was a little out of rhythm. I almost deleted all my notes today by accident. How did they get it back? Uh, this they, is actually they a tech use, question. Yes, I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> Sean from Tech, big ups to him for using file recovery and like the like the innards. You deleted, deleted I deleted, it. deleted them. And uh, he went into the innards of Microsoft Office and found them and recovered them, which was awesome because this was like 20 minutes before the show and I had done all my prep already. Dude. So... Thank you, how Sean. How did you delete? Del- how did you do that? I hadn't saved the file that I was working on, so my fault. You live and you learn. How did you get through <laughs> college? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's why we use Google Docs now because they because they yeah. auto save auto save yes. all the time. All right, so uh, moving on to yes. CES. Um, for those of you that don't know what CES is, it is the Consumer Electronics Show, and I don't think I'm exaggerating to say it's like I don't know Christmas, Kwanzaa. New Year's Day, the 4th of July, and, I don't know, various other holidays for the uh, tech industry. Yeah, it's like over 100,000 people every year descend on Las Vegas and just geek out over the newest consumer tech stuff, and it's a pretty awesome time. And possibly the gamble. We don't know. Anyway, (laughs) um, so it sounds like there's a lot of wearable tech. Yeah, I think news out of CES. That's one of the main categories that I've seen a lot of news. Um, you know, that is relevant to investors now. You know, with companies that are currently public. Obviously, did you see the Oculus Rift pricing and everything? Yeah, for the low, low price of five hundred ninety nine dollars, <laughs> you too can get motion sickness. Yeah, which is actually that's <laughs> higher than a lot of people thought it was going to come in at. A lot what do they people, think? A lot three of people were expecting like three fifty, four hundred. Wow, which is I think what had been kind of teased, and so uh, there was kind of a weird market reaction to that. Someday. Yeah. Um, so what's up with Fitbit? Talk yeah. to me. So Fitbit, uh, they were kind of one of the first big headlines coming out of CES this year. Uh, they unveiled the Fitbit Blaze, which is uh, you know, basically a, an update to their line. Uh, it's a new product. And so, uh, it's really kind of like an Apple Watch in its design. You know, uh, when you look at a Fitbit... Does it still look like the... I don't want to say rubbery, but you know what I'm talking no, about. No, no, it's kind of okay. a departure from that design, right. um, and it it looks much more like a smartwatch than a fitness tracker band. Apple Watch, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the company is calling it a fitness watch rather than a smartwatch, um, and we can get into some of the things that it can and can't do, and maybe why they're doing that uh, okay. as an explainer. But uh, some highlights: uh, there's a five day battery life on the product, what? which obviously compares very favorably to the Apple Watches. I want one like of those batteries on my computer. Jeez. Twenty, I think Apple Watch has like a twenty four hour life. It's At like best, about I would a day. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it retails for two hundred bucks. Uh, it's kind of on the expensive side for Fitbit, but it's still cheaper than the Apple Watch. Uh, I think there's one product in Fitbit's line that is more expensive. Than can that I get the Blaze in gold like the Apple Watch and pay like ten grand? They they were saying that you are can you actually, serious? I was just joking. <laughs> no, not, not that premium model, but that there is um, you can accessorize the Blaze a little bit more <laughs> than the other Fitbit options, and like you can pop the display out and sub in other holders for it. I, I was telling a joke. No, and here you go. Yeah. And, all right. That's anyway. the beauty of like not overly scripting the show as we get no, those spontaneous moments. 
sounds like wow. that. Wow. Right. Um, but I think when you look at the product, there are some major design whiffs here, uh, and you've, I've seen some chatter online about it. Um, the product doesn't support third-party apps, and this is something where it's very clear. You know, they're calling it a fitness watch rather than a smartwatch. When you're using a smartwatch, you expect to be able to have third-party apps come in. That's arguably why the iPhone beat out BlackBerry in the early days because they were so app-friendly. Yeah, like people love apps. So, and, and you can build out the ecosystem in a much more scalable way if you allow right. other people to play in your sandbox. Right, right, and uh, you can also interact. You can have people interact with stuff they're already using. On your right. platform, so uh, yeah, like that—that's kind of a curious thing. It's a little bit of a head scratcher. Could they? Was that a conscious decision? Like, was it just? Were they incapable of doing that? Or you I don't. Know, you, yeah, you I, don't, I don't know if the thought there was like, uh, you know, by not allowing third-party apps on there, we'll insulate ourselves. But I, I don't know why they would have done that. It, it seems like a limiting move for the product, yeah. really. Um, one of the other weird things was there's a lack of GPS connectivity, and so the next step up product uh, that Fitbit has that's I, important for running, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's something that um, with the Blaze you can sync up to the uh, GPS tracker on a smartphone, but it is reliant. It you know it's like yeah. it's a secondary device uh, right. because you're relying on the smartphone. Um, and one of the other things, and I think this is another item that makes it clearly a fitness watch and not mm. a smartwatch in and of itself, is uh, users can receive text call notifications, but they cannot respond to them um, on the phone, or on the watch itself. Well, I mean... So, I mean, like, you, you can, could get a help alert or something. But, like, you can be aware that you're getting something. Right. But, like, you know, I think part of the beauty of uh, the Apple Watch and things like that is... Got the that little there's, scroller There's thing. a little bit more build out there. Yeah. Um, and so, the market... This was bad. <laughs> yeah. This was the bad part. The market and gentlemen, how didn't much, respond how much did all that fall? favorably to it. I think uh, stock opened at like 30 in 2016, uh-huh. and it's now around like 21, 22. Okay. Which is a huge haircut. Granted, I mean, we are in a pretty big like contractionary period. Yeah, you know, over the last couple China days, also. you know, with like huge China concerns. But like, so there's been a market sell off, anyways. The Blaze wasn't the only problem to the market for Fitbit, though. Yeah, there have been a couple other issues. Um, so I think. One of the things that uh, you know people that really like Fitbit were kind of curious about is so they they broke out this new product right and it, it's kind of in this go between area and it looks like the iWatch and it looks like the, <laughs> and it looks like the Apple Watch but they didn't add any refresh to the charge or the charge HR devices which are like their flagship like you talked about earlier kind of like the rubber band products that they're really known and for and you would expect a tech company to regularly update their stuff like, yeah I, I think those products it. are more than a year old at this point right. and you know if you're going to make a splash with a product unveiling it's going to be at CES you know something like that yeah so. Um, you know, not really paying attention to their their core products quite as much. Uh, I maybe worried some people, um, but there was also the news that there's a class action lawsuit against Fitbit coming, and I believe it's. Uh, I saw the news coming out of San Francisco. Um, I don't know if that's where the suit will actually take place, or if that was the news organization that was breaking it. But um, basically, it has to do with the heart rate monitoring on the uh, Fitbit Charge HR and Surge models, and so. Um, the, Is it too fast or too slow? The plaintiffs <laughs> are alleging that it was undercounting their heart rate, and which is something that is probably not good, right? I mean, yeah. if you think that you're at, I don't even know what a reasonable heart rate is, but if you're 40 below what you should be, yeah. yeah, like it, you know, there are some health risks there. Um, was it off by five or was it off by 50? It was off pretty significantly. Okay. Yeah, it was like four, <laughs> like someone cited 40 as an example okay. that it was off by. Um, and so, obviously, not good news, but I think. Uh, you know, you look at what was basically, you know, like, you know, like what, like a eight dollar drop in stock price. Yeah. Uh, it had more to do with what another company unveiled at CES. Wait, wait. So if it wasn't, 
the blaze and the pricing and the uh, comparison to the Apple Watch, and it wasn't the class auction lawsuit. What was it, Dylan? Uh, it was Under Armour. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I went to their store at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's nice. They got all their stuff. Nice retail experience. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, and I was able to breathe, just like their shirts. It was it was really nice and big and open. Yeah. <laughs> well, soon uh, in under in the Under Armour stores, you will be able to check out some of their connected fitness products. Oh boy! And so they are getting into this market as well. They unveiled the UA Health Box, uh, which is kind of like this like full suite solutions type thing. Yeah. Um, which retails for four hundred dollars. They are billing it as the world's first connected fitness system made by athletes for athletes. This is this feels like a good move for them. Yeah. Have you seen all their shoes? They're like clearly going after Nike with that. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with all the NBA deals they're signing, like yeah. getting Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I Good mean, stuff. yeah, they're 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 chomping at the bit there. Um, so within the health box, uh, there's three main products: the UA Band, uh, which is 180 dollars, is what it'll retail for outside of uh, the health box uh, packaging, uh, and it basically is a health tracker, automatically tracks steps, distance, resting heart rate, and sleep. Uh, very similar to some of the base level uh, right. Fitbit offerings. Uh, the UA Scale, which is a Bluetooth and Wi Fi enabled scale that measures weight and body fat percentage. And lastly, UA Heart Rate. They can do that. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, UA Heart Rate, which uh, will retail for $80 as a standalone and is a compact heart rate monitor that features an innovative micro snap technology designed to provide comfort during workouts. Do you think yeah, they're confident about the uh, the accuracy of their heart rate monitor? <laughs> <laughs> I, ho- I hope so. <laughs> Word of warning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, if you do the math, it is uh, what, 360? It's 440 if you were to buy them all individually, yeah. 400 to buy the whole suite. Um, the UA band retailing at 180 is pretty well within the price point that yeah. most people are expecting to pay for yeah. a fitness tracker. Uh, it's on the higher end, but it's not crazy. Um, and I think in terms of functionality, you're going to see a lot of the same stuff with the UA Band. One of the things that, you know, like in terms of battery life, I think UA Band was like five days. Um, I think Fitbit's charge is like 7 to 10 or something like that. You know, That's what they build it as. The thing that I was most blown away with with the UA Band was the charge time for a full charge, 15 minutes. Wow! Yeah. Really? Yes. I mean, granted, like this is what they are saying. That's like almost Tesla good. They can do a half a charge in twenty minutes. That's insane so that's for a car. Yeah. For, no. For that's crazy. Five days battery life. That's out. Why don't outrageous. we have this on our phones? Why? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, I, I would love to have it on my yeah, phone. Yeah. I would love to not be tethered Chris, to my charger. Chris Hill. He's always charging his phone over. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, very impressive. Yeah. And and so you look at Under Armour coming to this market and. I think it's troubling for Fitbit for two reasons. So, first off, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about the class action lawsuit that Fitbit is facing. There aren't a lot of details out on it yet, but um, it's obviously not good press for a product that is a fitness tracker, right? Um, this yeah. is that competition that we all knew was coming. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, like, it's competition we all knew was coming, and um, you know, Fitbit relies on wrist heart rate monitoring. Uh, what Under Armour is doing is having a strap that goes on your chest, closer to your heart. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know which one is more accurate. If I had to take a guess, I'd say probably chest monitoring. Probably chest, but I don't know. Because <laughs> it's closer yeah. to your heart. But um, this is something new that's coming out, and it is like directly addressing a problem that is perceived with Fitbit's products. Right. So it's troubling on that front. And then, like you said, I mean, this is a huge competitor just hopping into the yeah. space. I mean, we saw the market share contraction that Fitbit experienced when Apple jumped in. You know, so what I, were you telling me? It went down so thirty-two I, or three. I think. To Q3 2014, they had like some like 32% yeah. of the wearable space. Uh, Q3 2015, I think it was like 22%. Yeah. So while this is a third drop, I mean, yeah. this is not fun. So the, the pie got bigger. Yeah. And they wound up selling more units, 
but as a percentage of the overall market, they took right. a hit. And uh, I think you know, something we talked about on that show, uh, I think Vince subbed in, actually, when yeah. we did that IDC update, because uh, you were out. But um, we were basically saying that um, the, the wearables data is so lumpy, because new people keep coming in. And so, these year-over-year right. comps are kind of weird. But you're just, I think you're just going to continue to see Fitbit just get slower and slower and slower. Yeah. You know, their market share is going to drop. Um, and so, it, it again gets into that, okay, are there these two distinct categories that can survive? You know, are, right. are they able to be, uh, you know, in the same market uh, as these, you know, smart watch all-encompassing devices? Or, uh, you know, are the fitness bands going to go the way of GPS devices where, right. you know, the smartphone came in and just, you know, totally supplanted them? Well, you've got Garmin trying to get on it now. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but but I think the difference with Under Armour as opposed they're an effective competitor. Like yes. you said a new competitor. I'm like they're an effective competitor, which is exactly what Apple was when they right. came into the market. Right. I mean, you look at some of the other uh, fitness band you know companies out there like Jawbone or you know like Garmin, you know something like that. Like those are uh, kind of like specialty devices. They don't really have the brand name that somebody like Under Armour does when it comes to the fitness space. You know, yeah. a lot of people if they don't already have a fitness tracker, um, and you know like they're weighing the options out there on the market. You know, chances are they own something that is Under Armour apparel. Right. Their apparel is awesome. Like I'm, I'm an Under Armour shareholder, and I also wear Under Armour. I'm wondering if, out. if and when Nike's going to get in on this. Have you heard anything? Yeah, they they've been working on it too. I think all the uh, you know They're just main athletic yeah. apparel retailers are getting in on it. But um, I think Under Armour's been really pushing the envelope in terms of tech integration um, with their apparel, and it, it's something that could pay huge dividends down the road. Cool. All right. Well, before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to a newly redesigned focus.fool.com. There you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool's Stock Advisor newsletter for all industry-focused listeners. All listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of that offer. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. So, first half of the show, pretty lengthy discussion of wearables and CES. But uh, that was not the only topic that was getting a lot of headlines this week. Um, if I remember correctly, there was some pretty serious news about Netflix that came out a couple days ago. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah, it was actually really impressive. So um, I first caught wind of this. Uh, we've got uh, two of our uh, top line analysts, that Matt Argersinger and uh, um, David Cressman. David Cressman. Sorry, <laughs> David's a really I, I good saw, friend. I saw where I your like, eyes were going. Uh, <laughs> anyway, David, I'm sorry. I love you, man. <laughs> Um, and uh, I watched their video and everything, and they just had witnessed uh, Netflix founder and CEO Reed Hastings give his keynote speech, mm. and he made. They were like, "I was like, wow, they're really excited." Uh, you can just tell in their body language. And um, despite the target being late 2017 to be in just under 200 countries streaming for Netflix, um, they hit it already. They're in 190 countries. That's pretty close. To there 100. are 194 countries on planet Earth. Dep- depending on what, uh, depending what on what yeah. you think, whatever Taiwan <laughs> yeah. and all that. Um, wow, 190 co- billions of people now could theoretically get to Netflix. Are there any major markets in that count that are being omitted? <sighs> China, of course. Yeah, 1.2 billion people <laughs> cannot legally get Netflix in the People's Republic of China someday. I was I, I read them like wow that's a really big market anyway um, we're actually jumping ahead on the notes here but uh, oh. it's fine it doesn't matter 
God knows our <laughs> listeners probably don't care. But um, there are 3.2 billion internet users in the world, mm-hmm. a bunch are in China or whatever. Um, so Netflix's achievable market's probably two, 2.5 billion if they had a monopoly in streaming or just got every internet user to pay them $8 a month or $10 a month. So that's kind of a big deal because do you know how many users they have now? I don't even think I could ballpark it. 60 million. Really? That's it. That's it? Yeah. Wow. I'm one of them. Yeah. Did, so I, you, did you I tell it. you that I got, oh my gosh. I got my dad- You're um, not using your best friend's cousin's roommate's <laughs> mild no. acquaintance's password? I was thinking about like what to give my dad for uh, Christmas. and so Give him the he, gift that keeps on giving. Yes. And, and the beauty of it is it's also a gift that gives to me. Because I set up an account for myself. Oh my god! <laughs> so, because well, I just set it up for him, so, and like I put it on a smart TV, so I was like, "Hey, Dad, like come in here and check this out. Merry yeah. Christmas!" And then I turned it on, and Netflix Boom. was there. And then I was like, "By the way, I made an account for me too." Oh my god! So there's sixty million in so, one. So, what'd you tell him? Did you tell him to watch House of Cards, or what'd you do? I gave him some some recommendations. Pointers, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I I've been kind of checking in on the John part of the account, yeah. and he hasn't really been watching much. There was this one show. Yeah, it was it was a show I haven't watched yet. Uh, it was like two older women. I think it was a Netflix original. I forget what it was called. Was it the making of a murder? You know, no, no, it was that? like Gracie yeah. and something. What? I don't know. Anyway, but okay. yeah. Um, so back to Netflix here. Um, the the hash like they created hashtags like hashtag Netflix everywhere. Like it was a thing. Um, way ahead of schedule, the stock went up a bunch. Um, and basically the the moral of the story and what the thrust of the speech was. Netflix wants to be the world's TV channel. I buy it. Yeah, it's I I don't know because I I think what how much like I use it and my son uses it now. Watch Daniel Tiger. Like it's 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 a big deal. So for them to be doing that and become like their own a, a channel in their own right. Yeah. Um, I mean that involves a lot of original content. Yes. And. That kept on coming too. Um, by the way, House of Cards is coming out in a month and a half. I can't wait. So excited. <laughs> anyway. Um, America, I'm just getting started. Um, good. thank you. Um, if you didn't know, that was my Frank Underwood poorly <laughs> done impression. Anyway, um, in addition to all this, uh, Reed Hastings announced two series, which is, of course, what you were hinting at. Uh, the first one was The Crown, and it's going to be a British period drama starring Claire Foy as Princess Elizabeth and Matt Smith from Doctor Who. Wow. I don't know if you're a Doctor Who fan, but. I'm not, but there are plenty of people around the office yeah, at HQ like, that are really into Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, and uh, he's going to be playing Prince Philip. So oh, wow. yeah, and uh, it's basically it's like when she becomes queen and all this stuff, and they huh. show her like trying on the crown and everything. Um, I couldn't believe how long the preview was. I watched it; it was like four minutes. I was like, "Wow, wow really?" Anyway, um, the other one this actually looks cool too. It's a '70s period drama set place in the Bronx, and it's called The Get Down. It's calling uh, starring Baz Luhrmann, um, and he's basically just like a disco kind of a club scene and everything. It looks really cool. Um, this is a big deal because Netflix just keeps diving deeper into owning their own content, and the value for both them. And us, the viewer, yeah. is it's huge. I yeah. can't imagine not having House of Cards. Uh, I mean, like, what better way to make your platform right. super sticky right. than to have con- you, content you, you go can to Netflix only if you get want there? Yeah. yeah, and, and I mean, these the, things get buzzed, and it's just game over. And the reality is, like, they've been spectacular. I mean, they have hit time and time again with yeah. like Master, uh, Master of None, awesome Netflix original series, yeah. uh, House of Cards. I mean, they just seem to keep striking out winners so um, you finished master of none right i did i I watched it like in a weekend um really quick just like in one sentence describe it for our listeners uh it's like stars it's it's aziz ansari um the the, uh comedian and it's basically like him in his early 30s maybe late 20s in new york um 
not kind of like growing up. Not quite growing <laughs> up, but he's like, I, I think oh, when a lot of millennial shows tend to get kind of whiny, uh, this does a really good job of exploring uh, things like race relations in the U.S., um, intergenerational relationships, yeah. so like how we treat our elders, um, gender differences, and kind of the worlds that men and women live in, and uh, how starkly different they are. Um, so uh, it's something that you do not need to be, you know in your 20s at a coffee shop watching enjoy, you, know, yeah. you can you can kind of enjoy that yeah age. i'm on i'm on episode five so yeah. anyway um okay cool and, and so the the big takeaway i think with all this netflix news uh you, you kind of quickly said it but the market was very happy with everything that came out of CES. it went up 10 percent, and this is immediately without question again in a week where we had two over one yeah. percent drops yeah. in the major indices so um obviously great news for netflix times, investors yeah. are very happy the market's very happy um uh, it seems like more than anything else, this was something that was expected, but that the rollout and the implementation is going to be much faster than they did it two years thought. ahead of schedule. I don't know how they pulled it off, so good for them. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our tech show today. But if you are interested in getting a little bit more uh, of our CES coverage and uh, just kind of expanding the discussion here, uh, The Fool has some more CES content available. Um, we are compiling all of our CES headlines. Under uh, one headline, the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, in parentheses, CES 2016 Roundup on Fool.com. So if you just search that, you should be able to find it. And if you're looking for real time coverage, uh, the Fool's David Kretzman is live tweeting his experience under the handle at David underscore Kretzman. And Kretzman is K R E T Z M A N N. Uh, he's been really awesome with uh, shots of panels, uh, some teasers on interviews that he's conducting, and just kind of giving some really important quotes from some of the things he's been able to send in on. I suspect he could have. He's probably really using his phone charger while there. Oh yeah, he's probably got one of those like little backups. You, oh, know, you, you know, like the little like bri- the the, the bricks yeah. that you can yeah, 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 yeah. plug in. Um, so you can you know see everything that Fool's doing for CES. Uh, I'm sure next week we'll probably do a little wrap up. Yeah. I know uh, on Wednesday. Well, there's so much news. Cars came out like it was a big deal, but we only have 20 minutes. So. Yeah, and I know uh, next week on Wednesday's healthcare show, uh, Christine Harges is going to be hosting David Kretzman, and they're going to talk a little bit about the healthcare tech side of what. He saw it. Yes. So, uh, if you listen to all the shows, that's something to look forward to. Awesome. And that is it for us, folks. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have former uh, former recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and fool on. 